ladies and gentlemen, live from the Cosa Nostra studios, I'm Matty Buller, and with me is the prognosticator himself from Almost Wise Guys Central, it's Andrew Attridge. Attridge, what's up, buddy? Not a lot, Matty. Uh, good to talk to you. I am so pumped. I am excited. I'm psyched. It's the first night of football season. This is like Christmas morning. Christmas morning. Yeah, I agree 100%, man. It's it's like that see you in September. Yeah, man. Can't wait. So welcome to the first actual Almost Wise Guys podcast where we're going to have some fun with the lines, have some fun with the NFL. God knows the Shield can use a little bit of levity. So please hit the subscribe button if you like what you hear. Come back every week during the NFL regular season and, of course, the playoffs. Uh, Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? So coming up here first, we've got uh, a little segment where we like to pick uh, about four to six games that we think are really good plays for you this week. And uh, up first, it's uh, Falcons Bears. Andy, he's the prognosticator. He's uh, He's got his little crystal ball out there. What uh, do you see in the future, buddy? Well, Matty, um, good to hear from you. Uh, yeah, the Falcons Bears is a good place to start. I mean... It's the city that begins with the letter C, ends in an O, and then the middle is Hickok. Hickok. The Bears. The Bears. So, you know, the Bears were one of the worst teams last year. Let's call a spade a spade. And the Falcons, you know, they came within a hair of winning the Super Bowl. They did. The spread is at, right now it's sitting at uh, six and a half uh, with the Falcons' favorite. Uh, It's been mostly sevens across the board all week. But to me, I don't know. I don't know. Does it seem a little bit low to you? I I don't think so. I don't think so at all. I think the Bears have improved, especially on the defensive side of the ball. The problem is with the Bears, a lot of young, unproven talent. So I could see the the line actually getting up to about, you know, nine and a half, ten even. Uh, so I think you're getting kind of a bargain. Well, I, I, I agree with you in that uh, I, I think more people are going to be looking to the Bears as it gets closer to game time. I'm not sure what that's going to do for the Lions, but yeah, as you say, I mean, they, um, they did some good acquisitions in the offseason, and if you look at Atlanta, like, come on, we got to talk about the Super Bowl a little bit. Like, they had every opportunity to win that game, and they've now had almost six months, six-plus months to think about it. Um, that would be painful at best. Um, everyone's heard of the, the old Super Bowl slump, which is real. I mean, it I- is real. And Cam Newton, they went six and ten last year after almost running the board in the regular season the year before. Yep. Um, it's hard to repeat. It's hard to conjure up that magic two years in a row. It is, and now um, you know their uh, magician Kyle Shanahan is now uh, the head coach for the 49ers, my 49ers. Uh, so they brought in Steve Sarkeesian, um, who did a very brief stint in Alabama, playing one championship game, and they lost. Uh, now he's their offensive coordinator, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see how that unfolds. How they use their weapons with uh, Devontae Freeman and Julio Jones, and of course Matty Ice Ryan. Um, but I do believe that the Bears are going to surprise some people. Um, I agree. The running game looks all right for Chicago as well. Still, I, I know that they've made some improvements on the on the line, and uh, 
I think that they're going to get it. It's going to be old school Bears football running in D and, and so that they let Glennon settle in. The $16 million man, Mike Glennon. God damn, I hate saying that. <laughs> well, you know what? He's not the worst quarterback in the league. Uh, I mean, he's not going to take you to the I, promised land. I agree he's not the worst quarterback in the league, but anybody who's not even going to be close to taking you to the promised land shouldn't be getting paid 16 mil. Well, I, I understand that. And I don't want to use – I hate the term game manager, but – Kind of that's what he's going to be. He's, he's got a decent offensive line ahead of him. He's got Jordan Howard behind him. Um, I, you know, I, th- I think they're going to. I think they're going to. You're going to see old school Bears football. They're going to run it down, grind the clock out, and geez, you know, who knows what the emotional effect on Atlanta is going to be? A lot of people think that you know they're going to come out gangbusters, uh, which they might. But here, here's an interesting stat, and this speaks to the Super Bowl hangover that I mentioned earlier. Of the last 16 years, the team that has lost the Super Bowl in week one of the following season is 2-14 and 14 against the spread. 2-14. and 14. Wow. So that means, uh, you know, you got to look at the Bears, especially being at home, as a definite possibility. Well, you got a dome team coming up north, and they're playing on Soldier Field with that thick, long grass. Uh, you know, who knows how it's going to affect them. Um, you know, just looking at historical stats, in the last 10 meetings, um, Chicago is 7-3 and three straight up and 8-2 and two against the spread against the Falcons. So their history sort of leans to the Bears' side. Um, yeah, I'm, 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 the, right now, as I say, the line's at uh, plus 6.5 for the Bears. If you can buy it up in your sports book for a few extra pennies, take the touchdown, go to sleep, sleep soundly. You're going to be all right. Trust me, this is going to be a, a good matchup. I'm not saying the Bears are going to win, but they're going to keep it close. The prayer. (laughs) We thank Ditka and God for all they have provided. For the food we eat, the air we breathe, and for the domination enjoyed by a certain team from a certain town that starts with a C. Hey, 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 the game starts. All right, all right, right. we'll get back to that during a commercial. Enjoy the games, folks. Now, Steelers-Browns, that's uh, sitting at plus nine. And, you know, if the NFL had tiers like uh, soccer leagues in Europe, the Browns would have been relegated to a lower division many, many eons ago, uh, probably after Jim Brown. (laughs) Uh, Yes, absolutely they would have. They did not look like an NFL team. But they're in the big leagues this week. They're playing a perennial contender, a team with uh, quite a few Lombardi trophies under their belts and a lot of vets uh, that know how to play the game. What do you think? I, 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 I think you take the Steelers with the points. Yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not typically a guy that would uh, suggest taking a, a team on the road at more than a touchdown, but this is a team where I think you should take them on the road at more than a touchdown. Um, <laughs> big Ben, he's piled up more wins, 20, by the way, in passing yards. Um, almost 5,500, and touchdowns through the air, 35, against the Browns, which is more than any other player in NFL history. And by the way, um, he's won 11 of the past 12 meetings. So history sort of favors the the Steelers in this one. And there was new news that came out today. Um, Just so our listeners know, we record this on a Thursday evening. Uh, Miles Garrett, the first overall draft pick, uh, suffered a a high ankle sprain injury on Wednesday at practice. Um, certainly he wasn't going to be playing this game, but it was just announced uh, a little while ago that he's out for the season. Ooh, and, that's yeah, got to Yeah, I mean, it's the Browns, man. Like, they're the NFL's tackling dummy. Anything bad that can happen <laughs> usually happens to them. 
They can have all the first-round picks in the world, and it just never seems to work out for them. And I kind of feel really bad because I was excited to see this guy play. This kid out of the SEC, he looked really, really explosive. And I thought uh, he would certainly improve their lackluster defense. Well, Garrett, Garrett will be one hell of a talent as long as he gets out of Cleveland because that is a, such a snake-bitten franchise. Well, Guarantee the guy fumbles on the one. Totally. He fumbles on the one if he gets in the big game. <laughs> well, unless they're going to do a Herschel Walker. Ernest Biner. Get a whole bunch of draft picks for him. But they, they're, even at that point, they're not going to do anything. Um, there was another interesting signing uh, right at the end of preseason, and that was the, uh, for the Pro Bowl cornerback, uh, Joe Hayden from the Browns, actually went to the Steelers. So he's been there for two weeks now, and you've got to be sure that he's talking to the coaches and the players about offensive schemes and their playbook tendencies. So he's given them some inside information. So this, this line at nine, I don't think it's going to be high enough. I guarantee you by the time game time hits, this is going to be double digits, and I'm still saying go Steelers, like take them. What's your crystal ball say about the over-under? Um, well, the total's gone under five of the last six times these two teams have played in Cleveland. And uh, right now I think it's sitting at 47 yeah, this will definitely stay under. Um, you know, I'm not going to say take that one to the bank, but they just traditionally do not have high-scoring games against each other. Um, however, there's a uh, if you're into prop bets, which I'm interested in, um, there's an interesting one on the board right now. It's three to one that the Steelers will go for a two-point conversion after the first touchdown. Interesting. Well, in Cleveland, why not? Huh? Yeah. Well, especially if their defense isn't holding up. I mean, that's not uh, that well, far to ironically, go. Ironically, even without Miles Garrett, they still have a respectable defense. But that's kind of where it starts and ends. So, um, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't see them doing too much. I was a little bit more optimistic than Vegas had them on the win totals for the season. But uh, with him gone, yeah, they're back in the basement. All right, Seahawks, Green Bay. Now I have to admit, I am an unabashed Bear fan. Uh, have been my entire life. Let's put it this way. I named my firstborn son Peyton. And actually, he's like 16. He even asked me, he said, Dad, he said, you love the Bears so much. Like, what if it was me and, like, you know, Brian Urlacher or, like, Walter Peyton when he was alive? What if it was me and Walter Peyton and we were out in the middle of a lake and you could only save one of us? Who would you save? And I told my kid, like, straight up, I was like, dude, you wouldn't even rush for a thousand yards, much less like set the rushing record. <laughs> so that's what he signed up for swimming lessons. That's right. So many people, I, I hate the Packers, but many people are picking this as a likely NFC Championship matchup. And I mean, why not? The teams haven't really lost much, but the fucking Packers absolutely suck. And Aaron Rodgers allegedly hates children and old people. Um, how dare you even bring this fucking game up in front of me, Mr. Prognosticator? You know I hate the fucking Packers. Riles up my blood. Take the fucking Seahawks with the points, although you can tell I'm a little bit colored. But here's a good over-under for you. How many cheeseheads at Lambeau Field on Sunday can properly fit into their pants? I'm putting that number at 30.5, and the vast majority of those are the hot wags of the Packers players. By the way, fuck Green Bay. How about you, Andy? Well, by the way, you're talking about uh, wives and girlfriends, of course. And, you know, I, I think I would take the over on that one, to be quite honest. I would take the over on that one. Um, I've got a different take on this one. Sure. Uh, it's in Green Bay. It's September. 
Seattle has arguably one of the worst offensive lines in football, in NFL football, which, you know, that doesn't bode well for them. They have a, they have a really good defense uh, that got a lot better last week when they signed Sheldon Richardson from the New York Jets, who apparently was a huge disaster in the dressing room. And with all the other things that are going on in Seattle's dressing room, well, it's gonna it's gonna be a bit of a, a bit of a shitstorm. So um, I'm gonna say that Green Bay covers. Uh, hang on, covers covers at minus three. Cool question, Matty. Um, Aaron Rodgers, he's still playing for Green Bay, right? He is. He, he didn't get traded. He didn't get injured. No. So we've got Aaron Rodgers at home. With only a field goal as the point spread, you're I mean, crushing my you're like, crushing my soul. Now you've got no. Here's a little uh, story within a story. You got Eddie buy me a burger, Lacey. He's coming back to Green Bay. Right on. He's familiar with the the surroundings. He knows the pants. He, he's he not one of those people that fits into his pants properly. Well, <laughs> you know, ironically, I heard that he's got a clause in his contract that gives him an extra three hundred and eighty-five gur if he meets monthly weigh-in targets. Yeah, and he lives in the cheese and dairy capital of the freaking North America. Good luck with that, Eddie. Uh, good luck. Um, yeah, limit those carbs. Guy, go, guy needs to go ketogenic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he needs to do one of those. Yeah, um, he needs to do something. Maybe just get. Maybe stop playing Madden so much and play some real football. I don't know. Just my opinion. Well, if we look into the numbers, though, um, Green Bay has won the last five games against Seattle when playing at Lambeau. Um, I'm not sure if that has to do with the lore of Lambo or the travel or anything else, but um, that's certainly favoring the pack. And I uh, I hate to see them win as much as you do uh, because they've been a rival to my 49ers for a couple decades now. But um, in this particular instance, I think they're going to want to get off to a good start because you don't want Aaron Rodgers does not want to be sitting in front of his fans saying R E L A X. He's yeah, and they're not going to want to go. Uh, having to run the table at the end of the season just to make the playoffs. So they're going to want to get off to a good start. I think this is a good spot for them, um, even with the field goal, go with the pack. Oh, and here's the other end. Um, the total right now is 50. Trust me, there's going to be uh, a lot of points scored in this yeah, game. Yeah, take the over. 50. Right on. You know what, and I will say this. You should probably listen to Andy because I think my uh, level of vitriol for the pack is – coloring my perception well the, the rivalry between the green bay packers and the 49ers has sort of waned in the last 10 years um so i've i've had time to calm down from you know that the 90s rivalry with Favre and young and everything else so i'm, I'm cool calm and collected as it, as it relates to the pack all right nfc east cowboys g-men cowboys at home uh minus three and a half the g-men i think have been regressing as a team over the past three years and I know they've added some some parcels in the offseason. But I mean, like, the team. I think there's something bad from the top down that's eating away at the team because I've just seen them. They're not playing together properly. They're not winning games they should win. I know they had a horrible defense last year. I think the Cowboys have a seriously young team that's poised to dominate the NFC for at least the next five years. They've got Think about it, Elliott, and you've got Bryant, and you've got Prescott, that's Aikman, Irvin, 
Smith if those guys stay healthy and they get the players that, you know, like back in the day in the 90s Cowboys, you know them from your 90s as well. The O-line was stacked. The Niners, they were, or their O-line was stacked, you know, and that's where they got to get back to as well. But I think the Cowboys win this one with or without Elliott in the points. You got to remember, they're playing at home, man. They are, and that brings up a good topic. Now, the news of the day is that Elliott will be starting this game. Um, You're like my Adam Schefter prognosticator. Way to go, buddy. I didn't know that yet. I'm trying to keep up with it, but it, you know, every time you refresh your browser, there's new news coming out. So, yeah, for sure. Um, an hour ago, he was um, starting against the Giants, going to take a six-game suspension, um, which meant that that would go into uh, the October 22nd game against the 49ers, where no one really cares if they win or not or if he's playing there. But trust me, Roger Goodell wants him playing in this game on a primetime evening slot. And Zeke Elliott being in the lineup helps the NFL. They don't care about their values. They don't care about anything else. Now, since then, I've heard that that suspension might be um, not upheld by the courts and might carry on to next year. So we're going to have to see how this carries out. But at least at this point for this week, we know that Zeke Elliott is playing. Um, Odell Beckham Jr. in practice, um, he, actually he didn't practice today. So he's going to be a little bit shaky. But uh, last I checked, the lines across the board were about four. I think it moved up from three and a half to four. Guess what? Taking the G-men. And here's why. What? Taking the G-men. Two years ago in 2015, they had a 30th ranked defense. 30th in the league. Last year, they moved up to second in the league in defense. And, in fact, in the offseason, all they've done is improve it. So consider that. Consider the sophomore slump that Dak Prescott might go through. I'm not going to say that's going to be a for sure thing. But the offensive line for the Cowboys, it's not what it used to be last year. I mean, you've got Ronald Leary. He went to Denver in free agency. Doug Free, the, the tackle, he retired. So three or five chess pieces up front aren't there. They have a great offensive line, don't get me wrong, but it's not as prolific as it was last year. I'm not going to say it's posing problems, but they're, I, I think in a close game like this, um, I'm going to give the nod to the Giants taking the plus four. By the way, the last five times these two teams have played, the Giants are 4-0-1 against the spread. Four wins, zero losses, one tie against the spread. Uh, Cowboys so- are due. I'm taking the New York football giants. What you talking about, Willis? Saints-Vikings now. Let's go uh, NFC South, I believe. And, uh, well, not quite. <laughs> oh, NFC South. It, it, and, it, NFC, and NFC Norris as well in there with fun. the Vikings. It's, it's, it's uh, yeah. Cross-division matchup. But Saint-Vikings, three and a half is what the uh, spread is sitting at in favor of the home team, the Vikings. Uh, right. Five five and oh over the uh, past five regular season meetings, dating back to 94. Uh, AP is also returning to his old stomping grounds, albeit as a backup, and uh, expect him to be a non-factor. I totally believe that as well because he's – even I think Mark Ingram's going to have a hard time getting off against the Vikes' defense. I think this is – if the Saints wanted to win this one, it's going to be the Drew Brees show. Well, it's always been the Drew Brees show, and that was what was funny about the acquisition of Adrian Peterson. Like, this guy's going to the Hall of Fame, trust me. And you oh, he is. Two back there uh, behind Mark Ingram, and these guys are a pass-first offense. They always have been. Like, Drew Brees throws for like a million yards a season every year. 
but yet they bring in, and they even drafted uh, rookie running back in the early round. So it, it's, it's a confusing thing. I'm not sure where Sean Payton's going with this, but um, I'm, I'm going to give the nod to the Saints on this. I, I, I like them on the hook with the uh, plus three and a half. Um, it's going to be an interesting thing with AP coming back to Minnesota. I know he's, you know, that's where he played his last game. That's where he's playing his first game. Uh, he is good with the switch, though, so you know he'll, he'll adjust accordingly. So you really think the Saints are going to pull it out against the Vikings with the Vikings at home and that defense? Um, no, I because the Saints can't cover a sleeping I, baby I, when it comes to defense. This is going to this is going to come down probably to the wire. This is going to be a good game. Um, I agree. And there's an interesting prop bet. That, speaking of AP, um, there's a prop bet that. The total yards that he'll gain in this particular matchup is 54 and a half. 54 and a half. Ooh, take the under. Well, of course. I mean, yeah. it's like take that one to the bank. I don't, think Ingram, the- I don't think Ingram and him combined are going to get 54 and a half yards. Probably won't. <laughs> they probably won't. I mean, it's, uh, it's going to be the Drew Brees show. That's an excellent little nugget there, buddy. Good, good pickup on that, Andy. Yeah, no, no, no problem, man. And I think he's gonna. I think the crowd's gonna love him. They're gonna give him a standing ovation. But he's still gonna want to get back at his old team. Who wouldn't? You bet. And now on to our uh, final uh, big game here that uh, we're picking. Uh, great divisional uh, rivalry here. Eagles at Skins, and it's pretty tight. The margin's only plus one, so you're basically doing the money line. Well, in in fact, that's actually well. So it, going back to preseason, the look ahead line was the Skins at minus two. And now looking across the board, I see, um, I think it's one and a half now for uh, Philly. One and a half for Philly. One. So it's moved three points. I'm not sure why. There's not been any significant changes, but um, that's sort of the the mood of the sports books. But the Redskins, they've got great weapons. Cousins is a decent quarterback. He's got Jameson Crowder. Uh, we all know what Jordan Reed's presence on the field. I picked up Terrell Pryor on my uh, fantasy team. Oh my God! Like he's the number one receiver now. Yeah, right. And he's and I got him in like the fourth round, fifth round, something like that. I got him. Right, not bad. Yeah, not bad. I figured he was a good good pick, but yeah, they've they've got a uh, the Redskins or uh, they always for the last few years have kind of come in and always get underrated by us prognosticator type people, but. Uh, They've done all right. Kirk Cousins is pretty good. Kirk Cousins is good, and you know what? Um, excuse me here. Oh yeah. There's another thing going on. Um, Samaje uh, Perine, who's out of Oklahoma, he was picked in the fourth round. Oklahoma's all-time leading rusher, and he's now in their backfield. Wow. Like that guy is a beast. Trust me, he's just gonna be knocking people over left, right, and center. Um, well, and a, and a good run game is just going to open it up more for the pass, right? Absolutely. And if you haven't heard that name before, uh, by the end of the season, he's going to be a household name for uh, for football families, to be sure. Definitely a good sleeper pick, too. Or if you can pick him up on your waiver, you might want to look at that if you're playing fantasy. Um, I did pick him up. I got him, I think, in the eighth or ninth round. And I was happy to do so. Good work. Um, just, you know, the uh, Washington Redskins are 5-0 and against the spread in their past five meetings. And they're at home. Let's go with the, let's go with the Skins. I'll agree with you on that one. I'd, I'd pick the Skins at home as well. All right, so right now it's at minus one. You wouldn't think that that would come into play, but there's new overtime rules this year. It's not 15 minutes. 
periods or 10-minute periods. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, and uh, let me, sorry, let me go to my uh, reading glasses here. I, I want to get this done properly. So there's a quote from Roger Goodell explaining the reasoning behind this. We think this is an important change, particularly for teams that may be into an overtime situation and a lengthy overtime situation that may have to come back and play on a Thursday night. So this is another positive change, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell said. Well, here's my take on that. Let's not have Thursday games at all. Yeah, boo Thursday games. Boo Thursday games. Like They are truly the most awful. Like, I, I'd almost rather watch preseason. Well, and, and here's why they're awful. Uh, first off, you know, teams only get three or four days to prepare. Yeah. Right? You're going to take the, the Monday off to re- recover. Yep. So they got like two, three days to prepare, and then they're playing again. Uh, and that's not fair to the players. It, you know, it increases the risk of injury. But, you know, it messes with your fantasy pools. It messes with your <laughs> off pools. Just everything else. And There's so, nothing good about Thursday night not football. Been prolific. Uh, tonight's matchup with the Chiefs and the Patriots is going to be great. But trust me, this is going to be the only great game that's on, on Thursday night this year. Yeah, baby! Yeah. All right, in our next segment, we are moving on to the POTUS picks. That's right, uh, not a lot of people know this, but the president, big NFL fan, and we know him. We met him at a Learning Annex seminar once backstage, and we got to talk in football. So uh, even though he sued the league back in the day when he was a USFL guy for $1.32 billion, uh, well, he's still a big NFL fan. So that's water under the bridge. As we all know, the president does not hold grudges for very long. Uh, we actually have a direct line to him, though. What we've done is we've hijacked the Kremlin's hotline to the White House so we can get the POTUS's picks. Andy, take it away. All right. First question, Mr. President. What do you think that your friend Tom Brady will be saying to his teammates in the locker room before games early in the season? We are going to win so much. We're going to have win after win after win. You people are going to get sick and tired of winning. All right, Mr. President, it's uh, Matty Buller here from the Cosa Nostra Studios. What are your thoughts on Calvin Johnson, a.k.a. Megatron, this season? This is an example of somebody who's done an amazing job and is being recognized more and more, I notice. Well, that's interesting. Thanks very much for that comment. Um, Mr. President, there have been a number of players in the league that have been protesting by kneeling during the national anthem. What would your message be to African-American players who still feel disenfranchised in the United States today? I say it again. What do you have to lose? Look, what do you have to lose? You're living in poverty. Your schools are no good. You have no jobs. 58% of your youth is unemployed. What the hell do you have to lose? Mr. President, what was your opinion of the preseason play from Chicago's number one draft pick, QB Mitch Trubinsky? I'm very disappointed in Mitch. We're all very disappointed in Mitch, Mr. President. Thank you very much for joining us. All right, we're moving on to a segment we like to call Prognosticator's Prop Pick'em, where Andy, the prognosticator, Attridge... Gives you a couple props to look forward to this week. Take it away, Andy. Uh, well, thanks, Matty. You know what? I, I don't have any for this week other than the ones I mentioned earlier in the uh, specific games. 
But there's some interesting ones that are season-long uh, prop bets that are available in certain books. Uh, one of them being, will the odds that a team has a perfect 16-0 and regular season record? And it's at plus 800, which seems kind of low. Um, but the odds for a team to go 0-16, we're talking about you, New York Jets, by the way, um, <laughs> is at plus 1,000. So 10-1, to 8-1. to it, it seems really low, like really low. But I guess, you know, the, the books are – no one's bet, like no one's taking the chalk side of this. So, Which is driving those numbers down. Yeah, they're dialing numbers down. And, and uh, the lowest win total for a team to win their division, and I'm not sure exactly what division it is. It's probably – I don't even want to – I don't even want to guess. But it's 8.5. The juice is pretty high at minus 250. But – more importantly, I think it speaks more to the parity of the league and also its unpredictability. And, and we're in week right now. And this is, you know, this is why we love the game so much. It's so exciting. And, uh, yeah, we're just happy that you joined us for our inaugural podcast, Almost Wise Guys. Yeah, thank you guys very much. And uh, we'll ha- you got to hit the subscribe button if you really liked what you heard. And then you can join us next week and every week of the NFL regular season and playoffs for Almost Wise Guys. For Andy Attridge, I'm Matty Buller. Good night now. Sayonara. <laughs>